0: stars are right and that means it's time for another episode of the whisper in darkness i'm your host the man from lang thank you very much for joining me today on this episode nate lost in time and space Matastrophic and i talk about horrors without borders the uh, event that was hosted by the great old ones gaming podcast on march 18th the event featured a lot of great arkham Horror lcg content which is still over on their twitch channel and raised money for doctors without borders before I get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. You all rock. If you'd like to be amazing like these people and support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. That would be awesome. Special thanks to Coleman Chitty, Nicole Fiscus, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for their contributions to the channel. I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back everyone to the channel. We're going to take a bit of a break from the reviews uh, on this video to talk about the Horrors Without Borders fundraiser that was uh, organized uh, by the folks over at uh, Great Old Ones Gaming, which uh, I happen to be a part of. The uh, fundraiser took place uh, earlier in March and uh, raised more than $1,200 for uh, Horrors Without Borders. If you uh, didn't have a chance to catch the event live, all of the videos are up over at uh, Great Old Ones uh, Gaming. So we thought we would uh, get together and uh, talk about some of the events that uh, took place on the day. There was a uh, playthrough of a uh, brand new uh, fan-made scenario that uh, made its uh, debut. Uh, Matastrophic had a uh, a unique Lola playthrough that uh, we're going to talk about, and uh, there was also... A, uh, the folks over at uh, Chaosium had a uh, Call of Cthulhu scenario that they uh, that they ran, which uh, sounds like it was a, a great deal of fun. I will leave uh, links in the description down below to uh, the videos, so if you want to go check it out, uh, you can. The big news is that uh, Nate is one of the organizers of the event, and uh, he's back. Or at least a facsimile of Nate is back. We have yet to confirm whether it is in fact Nate. How are you doing?
1: I am doing well. The uh, Yugoth is doing. Uh, it's doing pretty well. I will not be a,
2: just to check. You're not a mask of Nyarathotep, are you?
1: Mm, that has yet to be determined. But you got it. Um, okay. I will be leaving the halls of Nakotis and rejoining the earth earthly plane in a couple of months, which will be nice. And we have uh, we had a hell of a time hosting Horrors Without Borders, didn't we, man? That was a good time. Oh,
2: man, that was a fun day, actually. There's was a <laughs> lot that happened. It was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, um, so where do we want to start? Do we want to just start right from the beginning of the day? or?
0: Yeah, so tell us a little bit about the event, and uh, I believe this is the third year that uh, The uh, Great Old Ones Gaming has hosted it, and uh, then we can dive into some of the events that took place
1: yeah absolutely yeah so it is in fact the third year that we've hosted the event uh the first couple of years we had a lot of help with hosting the event with uh the mythos busters and a bunch of other arkham arkham content creators uh, and this year we uh we were flying solo and with me being in school we uh it was a bit busy but we still managed to uh i think host a really great event this year and uh to date we've raised over eight thousand dollars for doctors without borders so just uh quickly wanna give a thank you to everyone who donates and to everyone who watches. It's it's always a great time and I appreciate everyone that comes out and uh looks out for the event. Um but yeah, so there was a lot of Arkham related content this year. We had um we had Kevling and uh Robin from Out of Ammo Out of Time host their uh a live episode of the Flavor Text Podcast, which delves into the flavor text and lore of Arkham Horror the card game, which there is a lot of. Seeing their flavor text when they were just linking together some of
2: the pieces from the early Carcosa scenarios, I was like, oh, I love this. Because it's just something that kind of gets overlooked often enough when you've played campaigns over and over. Um, Like the the, the atmosphere that the flavor text creates. And I was like, oh man, I'm reminded of why I love Carcosa so much.
1: And they they point out like some really funny moments too within (laughs) the game like moments that just kind of make you crack up. And I think that's a good part to highlight. I think in a game like this, you know, because it is a horror game. You also need those moments of levity. Like thud. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the uh, and, designers I mean, any go to, to a great deal of
0: trouble to, to put the flavor text there, but uh, honestly, I don't think I've read it. And in, in years,
2: Even the gathering has like a good amount of flavor text. That's worth looking at. I, mm-hmm. uh, we were discussing that actually about how, like I I started listening to the a lot of the flavor text from the gathering and realizing how very Resident Evil it feels because it's very like for almost first person. It describes what you're seeing and how gross it is. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And it's just, it was just nice to be reminded of that aspect of the game.
1: I mean, it is a story game, right? Like at its core, like mm-hmm. you are playing through stories, and That's true. you know the yeah. flavor text is important. And I mm-hmm. I think. Kev, Kev, and Robin do a really great job of you know highlighting the those great elements of the game, mm-hmm. and they're just you know they, it was just a great, great listen in general. So I'd highly recommend that people check out that episode if they're really into those aspects of the game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, each each of their episodes, they really delve into scenario by scenario and really like go through each each detail of of the scenarios. It's really it's really a fascinating yeah. listen. Yeah, I think they're on uh, the Forgotten Age now. Is that correct? Yeah, they're, they'll be starting the Forgotten Age. I'm assuming they'll probably be up by the time this episode goes live. So, True.
0: so uh, what were some of the other events uh, after the uh, delving too deep into flavor text?
1: Well, we had a, a fellow co-host of ours, uh, Vase Odin from the Twisted Tentacle Inn, hosted a, a playtest of a Call of Cthulhu scenario that he has been... Uh, writing up and is hoping to release in the repository hopefully sometime I think he told me sometime maybe late this year early next year uh, called Khufu the Eternal which is a uh, short it's going to be a trilogy of scenarios uh, with uh, this one being the first of the three and it is a heist scenario for Call of Cthulhu which was a lot of fun it was set in the 1930s and it um involves the players um being tasked to steal a if i remember correctly it's a an artifact or a yeah yeah it was an egyptian artifact from khufu from pharaoh khufu and it was it was a lot of fun to watch his players just make an absolute mess of it i, I won't mean, literally i use the
2: laxative so like a <laughs> lot so <laughs> literally mess. <the best. laughs> literally yeah <laughs>
1: Uh it was good fun. It was good fun. It was it was fun to see Vase um you know run a Call of Cthulhu scenario. He's been very focused on his D&D campaigns and uh, all of his D&D related content. But it was it was nice to see him uh break out of his mold a bit and run some Call of Cthulhu. And then let's see what else. I think after that, let's see, it was noon. I'm trying to remember exactly. Uh speed yes, run? yes, it was yeah. Phileon, Yes, who did a, a speedrun of an Arkham campaign, if you would believe that that is such a thing. He's been doing it for the past three years. He finds mm-hmm. a new challenge each year and somehow manages to play, like, five to six scenarios, usually, in a span of two hours. Mm-hmm. It's pretty incredible to watch. He's, he's got the game down to a science. He really does. <laughs> uh, but But this year, he decided to... To stay on the path for the Dream Eaters side, the Dreaming side campaign. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for those who aren't aware, um, there is a particular challenge that you can take in the A side of the Dream Eaters campaign. Where you can stay on the path, which uh, this is, I guess, minor spoilers. But in the first scenario, once you get down into the forest, there's that uh, location where you can take three actions. To stay on the path and get the clues that way to advance through the scenario. So he builds two decks. He was playing Ashcan Pete and Roland. And he managed to stay on the path and beat the campaign in under two hours. It was really something to watch.
2: (laughs) It was a... It was a bit close there for a while, like especially that scenario one and scenario four. Uh, didn't look like they were all going to make it.
1: <laughs> mm. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was to the wire for sure. And yeah. Frank from Drawn to the Flame, he did commentary as well. So there's wonderful commentary by Frank uh, throughout the throughout the podcast as well. So it was it's a great watch. Uh, if you're into speedrunning content, if you're into Arkham, the weirdest of two niches, but there you go. I, I, I assume he didn't have enough time to read flavor text, did he? no no probably a real speed run. yeah it's it's a very like <laughs> total opposites of the community in that regard i would assume an in interest it's yeah, like maybe we should do that sometime have like a speed reading competition <laughs> for arkham <Arcamore, please. laughs>
2: Yeah, see who can read lovecraft's words the fastest
1: and he also showcased off the the newest version of the tabletop sim mod which yeah. the community has been doing a great job with so
0: yeah, the uh, the cool. tabletop simulator mod has undergone uh, quite a revamp to uh, to reorganize things, and uh, I haven't uh, played tabletop simulator all that much, but uh, I was impressed. It uh, I was fooling around with it a little bit after the day, and uh, quite uh, quite gonna, liked it. Are so. you gonna join us? You maybe join are you maybe. Gonna, are you gonna end your... join the revolution gonna do <laughs> gonna do some playthroughs and knight? maybe we'll see which uh, I'll do an octagon playthrough and a tabletop simulator playthrough, and then people can vote on which one they like more and we'll we'll go from there
2: so has Octagon been updated since two thousand eight
0: uh well, the mod is gone the the Arkham mod has received quite a few updates, but uh I'm not sure if Octagon itself has
1: if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it, man.
0: The one nice thing I will say about Tabletop Simulator is that uh, most, if not all, of the fan-made content that has been uh, made for the game is available on Tabletop Simulator, which is, and I don't know how many scenarios are available on Octagon, because I tend not to play fan-made content, but that may be because it's not available on Octagon. So, uh, Yep. Speaking of fan-made content, we did get to play a brand new uh, scenario that was created for the uh Horrors Without Border event by uh noted uh, fan-made creator The Beard. And I believe Nate you had a hand in uh, creating this scenario as well. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, after Horrors Without Borders last year, uh The Beard reached out to me uh, wanting to do something special for for this year and we had the idea to make up a, a fan made and unveil it during during the event and he had kind of tasked me with kind of coming up with some story ideas and well Lovecraft was a huge Edgar Allan Poe fan and I was reading a lot of Edgar Allan Poe at the time so I proposed to him uh the story uh the facts of the case of M. Vladimir, which, uh, for those who aren't familiar, is a story by Edgar Allan Poe that uh, is about a mesmerist who mesmerizes one of his friends at the moment of his death, and some very strange stuff happens where the the man lives for several months after he's mm-hmm. been mesmerized. So we kind of took that story as inspiration for an Arkham scenario, and I think the beard did an absolutely terrific job uh, making making it into a a really fun uh, Arkham, Arkham scenario, we we threw in some, some cult stuff, and I looked through some Call of Cthulhu source material to find some new, uh, like, ancient ones that we could draw inspiration from, and we decided on um, on Dayloth, which is a cubic amalgamation that sort of lives within between the dreamlands and the real world, and got it. kind of used some dreamlands related content in there too and it turned out really great um for those who want to check it out themselves there is a mysterious chanting's article with all of the relevant uh print and digital download materials so you can check that out for yourself now and yeah the i think tyler did a great job and you guys did a great job in that game my goodness down to the wire
0: yeah i, I believe that's the first up. time that uh, matt astrophic and i have played together which was uh, yes a nice treat is. uh we were also joined by uh jp who uh does uh, arkham content as well as uh, marvel champions over on his channel and uh vase uh from the twisted tentacle Inn was also playing we had uh matt astrophic was playing jenny of course uh face was playing carolyn jp was playing carson and i was playing agnes and uh yeah it uh the game went right down to i believe it was the final turn
2: it was it was the final
0: turn and yeah. we needed <laughs> was- we needed to get a bunch of clues on the final turn and uh we managed to uh, succeed uh, it was uh, a bit of an odd scenario for me anyway because, uh, A, I don't get to play multiplayer all that often. And uh, I brought my uh, solo Agnes deck that uh, apparently was versatile enough that uh, I ended up being the primary clover of the game, which was uh, a little <laughs> unusual for me. Uh, Not just to play the Clover, but to play the Clover as Agnes. But uh, fortunately, I got six cents and uh, down on, I believe it was like the first turn. And so I was just snapping up clues left, right, and center. And then uh, fortunately, I ended up with the right of seeking right at the right time and was able to. uh, So when we needed to grab multiple clues, uh, I was able to do so. Jenny spent a lot of time uh, fighting. uh,
2: yeah, no, I i brought a, uh, I brought like a generalist, but clue heavy spec for that. And I just spent all my time shooting things. I think I had to break out the twin 45s as well with like nine bullets on it. Yeah, it was.
0: In lot. fact, I think Carolyn <laughs> spent most of her time fighting as well. And pretty uh, much. Yeah. And it's, Carson, it's uh, JP spent a lot of time just uh, playing the support deck, which uh, was, I believe, the first time I have seen Carson in play and uh, the deck uh, seemed to do very very well although uh, unfortunately Carson uh, did not make it uh, out of the house Uh, he ended up uh, disappearing into the minescape, which is uh, the primary mechanic uh, of the scenario I won't spoil it here if you are interested in playing it I would highly recommend uh, that uh, you give it a try it has uh besides the mindscape it has some other uh, interesting mechanics in there that uh, seems like it uh, it works well for both uh multiplayer as well as uh as well mm-hmm. as solo the the end kind of reminds me a little bit of uh of one of the dunwich uh scenarios but
2: oh right okay
1: a little bit yeah. yeah yeah i yeah. can i can huh. see where you're getting at. yeah yeah
0: but uh, yeah it was a, a lot of fun to uh not only uh to play some decks but to to play a little bit of multiplayer with uh what did you uh, think man, of the scenario just... uh catastrophic
2: man we're uh, we're just dragging you into the to the 21st century we're dragging you into tabletop simulator we're dragging you into multiplayer man you're going to be a changed man by the time you're uh, done with this I'm this sorry. is a, this is the beginning of a of a new you you know you're going to have to like get a new haircut or wear a hat or something and you're going to have to you're going you're going to take like 10 years off your face and you're going to be a new man i swear but and thanks to this scenario actually cuz that scenario was, was was good enough to uh cause you to you know forget your past and embrace your future yeah i had a good time with it i um it it featured a lot of hidden cards which are which i kind of enjoy because um you know, it's like it, the game encourages you to like be hush hush about what's in your hand, you know, which may be a little hard to do on Tabletop Simulator, but I could see if you print it out and play it with your friends, you'll have a fun time just being like, you know, playing, I've got this hidden card. What does it do? Because, mm. yeah, because it affect. it. will Some of them will like affect multiple players. And I, I enjoy that type of stuff, like that chaos of a four player game.
0: You know? Yeah, the hidden card mechanic was something that was introduced back in the uh, Path to Carcosa campaign, and yeah. it has cropped up from time to time since but uh it's not something that's has been very common in in recent scenarios and it's a uh, it's a mechanic I have always enjoyed especially in multiplayer when you do end up drawing those hidden cards and then like you said catastrophic it's like oh what did he draw and then <laughs> you'll be playing and it's like okay you go do this and you go do that and then the and then the other players like I can't do that <laughs> it's like well why can't you do that yeah. it's just like reasons <laughs> just, <laughs> just reasons yeah, I love stuff
2: like that Un- uncertainty yeah because uh, yeah, often enough when everything's on the board all the treacheries are on the board all the enemies are on the board in Arkham it can get very certain but uh, when you have hidden cards in the hand it's like there's that little bit of uncertainty that I think adds another layer to the game
0: mm. yeah. one of yeah, the other mechanics the that I enjoyed about it was that it, some of the treacheries actually have uh, benefits which is, uh, or benefit the player, which is uh, somewhat unusual. Don't don't see that all (laughs) that often when you're playing a a typical scenario where it's like, Oh, you get a thing that's actually somewhat good for you, which is, Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, the, the entire scenario was, uh, it, it seemed like it was uh, had just enough turns in it to to get stuff done i think we i think we got off to a pretty good start and then uh i think we ended up maybe between just, act 1 and act 2 we sort of slowed down a little bit and then all of a sudden agenda 3 was upon us and we, we had, had like, to oh uh, my god
2: yeah we had to hurry up
0: thanks to That's right. uh, i think carson's ability to hand out extra actions really made a big difference there I know mm-hmm. certainly Agnes wouldn't have been in the right position to to grab clues without being without Carson being able to push her around a little bit and and get her into the right position.
2: Yeah, that was a common thread. There was definitely some safeguarding going on and moving people around. And yeah, it was good. It was a good time. I just wish uh, I'd, I'd I'd run a combat spec instead of a intellect spec. But you know what? It went down to the photo finish, so maybe I ran the perfect spec. You know
0: well i believe I mean, you, guys... you did get the final clue that we needed so Lo- yeah that's right Lo- you were, you were right, just we building up clue. to the building up to that oh crescendo. yeah that's it, that's it that was the whole
2: thing that was the whole thing i was just like all those all those gunshots all those enchanted blade charges it was just to discover the last clue yep that's what it was all about
1: that was my grand plan right nate oh absolutely yeah i mean you guys yeah. like li- literally to the last action in that scenario Like, <laughs> in your... right. i mean in a blind playthrough i'd call that a major win <laughs> like, not knowing anything about the scenario whatsoever, just kind of like quickly putting some decks together and playing it. You guys did really well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Speaking of uh, putting decks together, uh, one of the features uh, of the uh, the fundraiser was if you made a donation, you uh, mm-hmm. had uh, the option of contributing to uh, Matastrophic's Lola deck that uh, he was going to yep. play through uh, at the. At, as part of the event, and uh it was a uh, a Lola chaos build with a, a few twists. Why don't you tell us about that Matastrophic?
2: Well you know we just let anybody pick any card any card for uh you know for the Lola deck and if you didn't want to pick a card, I just randomized the cards and uh, we had some funny ones you know we had I ended up with three flashlights by the end, you know because there were enough donations to put three flashlights in the deck. I had uh, two newspaper level twos, you know, because Fillion was, you know, talking up newspaper level two. It was not useful, not as useful as, uh, as <laughs> Fillion was saying. Um, let's see. I, uh, Fillion, however, was nice. He gave me anything you can do better, like Winifred's signature card for my little deck. I received uh, randomly, I got Becky, you know, Tommy's gun. That was That was useful. I received a uh, what was it uh, a Vmax uh, Dynamax Charizard mm-hmm, from the mm-hmm. Pokemon card game that was in the deck. I got um, Armageddon from Magic the Gathering that was in the deck. <laughs> um, d- that was that was uh, that was going to be interesting. I don't know how I was going to resolve that one. You know if it came into play. Someone gave me a Call of Cthulhu LCG card which made a lot of sense. And um, and then I got uh, Baron Semedy um, Marie's weakness. He was a pain in the butt because somebody decided to give me a weakness. Uh, fortunately, no one gave me any uh, encounter cards. That would have been a problem if someone gave me encounter cards for the deck, but <laughs> yeah. So um, so uh, Nate and I, you know, we played Return to the Gathering, thinking like, okay, it's going to be great. We're going to be fine. We're going to play the scenario. We're going to get out of the study. It's good. Thanks to Newspaper Level 2 in the uh, opening hand, we were thinking we were going to get out of the study. Everything was going to be great. And then everything wasn't great. Because it turns out, like Song of the Dead is not very good at defeating enemies. No, it's, it's, cool. it's even worse when you're out of charges, <laughs> and uh, it's it's and it's it led to some hilarious moments. Like I had to use Ace of the Ace in the Hole to use Taboo Lola's roll swap ability a total of three times in a turn in order to uh, you know get some ghouls evaded. That was pretty hilarious yeah you had some uh, some
1: rough turns there
2: it was was pretty rough but uh and and it also turns out that uh becky as great as becky is uh becky only has two bullets did you know that
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm.
2: yeah did you know that and and you have no way of reloading unless your investigator name is tommy Muldoon. Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. it turns out Mm you can't reload it yeah but uh it all it all came to a conclusion when um when i drew uh what was it endymion the mighty master of magic from Yu-Gi-Oh? you know Mm -hmm. that uh and we figured out how to get that guy into play because uh, he had eight health and eight sanity. It's we, yeah, it, we determined, yeah, it has eight health and eight sanity. And that gave me just enough health to uh, take attacks of opportunity from the Ghoul Priest, like two of them, in order to resign. So uh, we, didn't, we did not get defeated. We did not beat the Gathering, but we did not get defeated thanks to the mighty master of magic from Yu-Gi-Oh! Who does not take up an ally slot? We realized.
1: Yeah, it was pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. It was kind (laughs) of just a ridiculous game in general. Like I don't know, I don't know what was going on. I was like 15 hours into the stream at that point.
2: It was a great, it was a great end of stream, end of charity, uh, you know, treat of like how the hell is Matt getting? How the hell is Matt going to get out of the study? You know, with this deck, but you know every every card that everyone donated like came into play the That's lucky true. that I got the um let's see the level two guts that was useful the stunning blow thud that 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 hit had hit the board very important for getting for dealing with a ghoul mm-hmm. um the only one that was like a total dud i think was eat lead you know it's it's hard to use eat lead when you uh when you only have two bullets in your only gun mhm yeah <laughs> that that was that was a problem yeah. But, so,
0: how did well, you that, work great. with the with the Charizard and the the Yu-Gi-Oh card? Uh, well, fortunately, the Charizard got
2: discarded. Fortunately, the Charizard got discarded because JP of Northern Lights Over Arkham gave me short supply, so that way I could just dump all these cards into the discard pile. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I didn't get to use the Charizard. We just had to figure it out at the end how to play Endymion, the Mighty Master of Magic. We just we just figured out because he's got like this he's got like a million words on him and he is like we figured out a way to cheat him into play. I think it ended up we ended up realizing that that rotting remains counted as a trap, and uh, that was enough to like get it all together, mm-hmm. and get him into play. Yeah, yeah. I have That's to admit, card, I have I have text. never
0: played Yu Gi Oh and have no idea really about anything about the game except that people have like a trillion health and cards do like a billion damage so it all somehow works out in the end
2: well this guy only had eight health um so he doesn't have a trillion you're probably thinking the pokemon tcg man if i managed to get that charizard on the board that That guy he has like 300 health soak that that would have been pretty good
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) deal like 300 damage that's right. The no ghoul priest is gonna stand up to a three hundred damage Charizard.
0: Yeah, but did yeah. but don't you need the energy in Pokemon to power up we, the Charizard? We would have
2: we were gonna figure that out when we got there. Like if if, if I managed to play the Charizard, we would have figured that out. Because that would've Maybe been used, really I'm,
0: insulting if they'd given you a Charizard but no fire energy to power it up and so it just sits there and
2: Yeah. I figured I would have just used red cards. You know, like I would I would just just put red cards on it, and that would get What it. if
1: you What if you used fire axe for fire energy? That
2: would have been perfect. I would just spend resources on fire axe and use that to power the Charizard. That would have been like a plus creativity in the moment, right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but fortunately, I didn't uh, give up, and I didn't play Armageddon to destroy all locations.
0: <laughs> um,
2: yeah, that that I, fortunately, I didn't. It didn't come to that. We managed to get out of the house.
0: Well that certainly puts a new spin on whether you burn your house down at the end. It's like I hey, will do <laughs> I'll do you one better. <laughs> I'll
2: just... blow up the world. Armageddon. <laughs> Take that cool priest. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Good but it was good. And uh and I, I highly recommend um these sorts of you know, you, you just throw some house rules together and play ridiculous decks and it's you know, it's great for some laughs. So I, I highly recommend mixing genres and mixing investigators and cards and
0: weaknesses and do you have a deck list that you can share?
2: Yeah, I've got most. I'll uh, I gotta I gotta polish up with the. I got, I'll polish it off with the random choices that were handed out to me, and then I'll uh, I'll, I'll put a link for you guys. Um, it should have everything in it.
0: Yeah, it so if funny. you're if you're interested in checking out uh, Matt uh run through Return to the Gathering with a uh, a Lola deck that uh, had absolutely no borders, in keeping with the uh, with the theme of the day, uh, a Lola deck that not only had, uh, chaos Arkham horror cards in it, but a few cards from other games as well. we'll definitely head over to the uh, great old ones gaming channel to check out, uh, check out that playthrough.
2: It's definitely a fun watch.
0: So, uh, the, I believe the day either wrapped up or one of the, uh, things in part of the day was the uh, chaosium had their, uh, their playthrough, uh, Play through the scenario. I understand they were working in the names of donors into the uh, into the scenario.
1: They were, yeah. It was expert level game mastering on, on Jim's part. He did a great job, yeah. Um. So yeah, it was towards the end of the night because um, they they're all in Australia so it was like early morning for them by this time and they, they came out and uh, for those who don't know uh, Chaosium has the stream of Chaos, which is a group of a uh, group of people that they've they've had uh contracted out to to produce playthroughs for them, and they host games every Friday night on their on their Twitch channel, and I reached out to them to see if they would be willing to to host a game for the event, and sure enough they did, and it was uh, man it was a great time. They hosted yeah. a classic Call of Cthulhu scenario, um, from uh, actually I have the book I I would go get it and show you but. Uh, I won't spoil any details for you. You should just go watch it. It's incredible. It's about roughly two and a half hours. I was riveted it, the whole time, actually, because of all the um,
2: the great playing and the great jamming and all the voices and all the the banter and the luck rolls.
1: Yeah, they they have a great cast and crew uh, running running in those games. So yeah, they they played. Um, they played a scenario for about two and a half hours, and it was so much fun. Yeah, uh, just the way he worked in all the donations throughout the yeah, course that of the game—super game, cool. was yeah. super funny. <laughs> <laughs> like someone donated, and it was like named like Jim's Beans or something like that. Oh, so yeah. know, like That's there funny. was a bean company, and they're like, one of them had like a hallucination of beans just like pouring out from the basement. <laughs>
2: It was like, like a... The Shining. It was like yeah. the 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 shut the flooded flooding hallway with blood and The Shining, but with beans. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to somebody's donation.
1: <laughs> uh, it, was, it was good stuff. Really, just just a, a great playthrough. You know, it's very easy to follow along since Call of Cthulhu is a a D one hundred base game. I think it's sort of intuitive. What's go- what's going on in the game? You know, you're trying to roll low, and they make it very clear what's going on. And you know, they keep the pace like up and going it's there is no there's no downtime at all
2: yeah i especially liked how they um even for like a relative call of cthulhu newbie like myself um i do like how they were showing off how to integrate things like pushing roles and hard successes and like opposed roles like mm-hmm. things that you kind of need to see in action you know in order to pick up call of cthulhu to re- to learn how to like use them well in like a role-playing setting so that was yeah. great to see yeah it was very new it's very uh beginner friendly their uh you know their stream
1: yeah, I was going to ask like because you don't really like play tabletop role playing games, do you, Matt? Like what did you think of it as someone oh, who doesn't I, was gr- I thought it was great. I was I was sitting here thinking between between this game
2: and the game that Face Ran. I was like, "Man, I want to play some Call of Cthulhu." Yeah. I uh I remember, I think it was for Horrors Without Borders 2. We played a session of uh Pulp Cthulhu. And mm. oh, I had a mm-hmm. great time. Great time. And I'd love to do that again. Yeah. Just it was good. You got to like Yeah. Add personality to the Arkham characters.
1: I think yeah. that was I think that was Farcomcon, yeah. Um Oh FarcomCon, that's right. All that time ago. Yeah. In in the way back. Yes. In uh, the way back. <laughs> uh, for those who who don't know what Matt's talking about, I converted uh the first two scenarios of the Forgotten Age campaign to a pulp Cthulhu scenario and I ran yeah. uh Matt Vase and a couple other of our patrons of the show through through Call the Cthulhu scenario that I drafted up and Man, they had a great time with that too. But um yeah. but yeah, I mean Chaosium did a great job and uh I'd love to have them back on the show at some point, uh to, to discuss it in further detail, which uh hopefully will happen relatively soon. We'll uh we'll see. Ooh. Maybe we can get you as a player. So uh
0: so what is the, the plan for point. uh Horrors Without Borders for? No, we don't know yet. Um Well first
2: we need a name. Right? Hmm. We had 3D this time, which I think was pretty appropriate, but we need a, we need one for 4, because now we're beyond the trilogy, you know, the horror movie trilogy, and like, yeah. yeah, now you're getting into stuff like Friday the 13th Part 4. Like, Do they even have subtitles?
1: Horrors Without Borders Resurrection.
2: Yes. Yes. We've done it. We've done it.
1: It'll be totally it alien-themed, but yeah, we don't Horrors talk about
2: Resurrection.
1: But we don't yeah. talk about Resurrection, the movie itself. <laughs> Honestly, I'm kind of waiting until I graduate to kind of formulate more plans about next year, but there are plans to do another one next year. So definitely stay tuned to the channel for more information about that as it as the time approaches, I' am, it's usually early in the year. You know, I think the first year was in February, then the following year was in January, and this year was in March. Um so we'll probably keep it around that same 3 month period. Uh it's really just kind of dependent on you know coordinating everyone's schedules together and getting all that stuff logistical stuff handled. So uh I will I'm certainly lo- keep everyone informed.
2: And I'm looking forward to pushing past the $10,000 mark for total donations to Doctors Without Borders. Yeah, that that you get like don't you get like the equivalent of the YouTube silver play button if you do that or something?
1: I don't know. What yeah. oh, happens, but yeah. I mean, raising money for charity is always a a great oh, yeah. cause, and you know, it's just it's a lot of fun. So at the very least, like, it's just a great day to just hang out and you know, hang out with various Arkham content creators and just have a good time, if nothing else.
2: Yeah, just so... the one day. It's becoming the tradition, you know, the one day a year that Arkham uh, Ark, the Arkham community from all over the world. I mean, we had. Pacific, you know, West Coast of the U.S. all the way to Australia, all coming together at the same time, you know, to uh, have a good time. So it's it's turning into a nice festival.
0: So uh, if you uh, were unable to join uh, us for uh, Horrors Without Borders uh, Part 3, make sure you head over to the Great Old Ones Gaming channel. We're on uh, Twitch where all of the uh, the videos are available. You can watch the uh, Call of Cthulhu playthrough. You can watch... Matastrophic figure out how to get a Charizard on the table uh, you can uh, watch uh, Matastrophic and I uh, and uh, JP and uh, Vase tackle a, uh, a scenario blind a brand new fan made scenario blind uh, that was a lot of fun and uh, I will leave links down below to all of this stuff so uh, if you want to play that scenario yourself and uh, take a trip to the mindscape I would uh, highly recommend it. It is a uh, uh, the beard uh, always does an, an amazing job with his uh, fan-made scenarios to the point that uh, you'd hardly know you were playing a fan-made. They're very, uh, very, very well done. Any uh, final thoughts?
1: Just another great year, and just want to give another thank you to everyone who donated and everyone who watched and. Thank you to to both of you guys for helping me put to, put the event together and just you know having a good time. Yeah, glad to help. It's a great cause.
0: Doctors Without Borders does uh, important work all around the world, and so it's uh, it's always great to uh, to support them and uh, and the work that they do. That's gonna do it for this episode. If you enjoyed what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you need to contact me, I can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at manfromlang. Until the stars are right, keep your shotgun close and your other sign closer. Take care out there, and happy investigating.